Hey good people, this is Sharika, EB, and Sabrina. You're listening to The Kickback. Glad you decided to pull up. What's good, Kickback family? I don't have a crazy opener for you guys this week. Um, But what I will do, which I usually don't do, but I'll start off with my tip check. Only because I am in a good mood today. And that don't always happen. I will say I'm in a good mood most days, but it don't always happen that I'm in a good mood. But today I am in a good mood. And my temp, if I had one, is an 82. I mean, like the weather that we have right now, it's not cold. It's not too hot. The sun be out, the wind be blowing. It just feels good and on point. So that is what I am feeling today. I hope you are having a beautiful and blessed week. And if you're not, get it together because it's your life and you have to make it count. Um, Don't let other people dictate how your weeks go. Sharika, Sabrina, how y'all feeling? What's y'all temp like? My temp is good. Um, It's Holy Week. Uh, We're gearing up for Easter. So that's always a good time. Um, And so I'm, you know, I have no complaints. Grateful for life. Evie said it feels good. It was feeling good this morning, but then I went out in the afternoon and I was like, it's getting a little hot. We had a little cold, <laughs> cold, um, cold snap or whatever they call it. The past, like over the little, right before last weekend. And it was nice. I was like, oh, this is great. Probably a little too cold for Evie, but it was perfect to me. So now it's starting to warm back up here in Florida. But my temp is good because like I said, it's Holy Week and this is such a great time. I think so. I'm going with a 73 and uh and uh he's risen. That's my song. By hood, because there's so many he has risen. I'm gonna see. Are you going are you going gospel? Go out are you going gospel. contemporary? No, I'm going gospel. <laughs> are you going I'm Sandy going Patty with her eight minute long song? Oh Sandy. <laughs> I let me I let me tell you. I stand with Sandy now. Listen, okay, I was going to say two things. One, one of my favorite things about Sabrina is that her and I have a musical connection. It, it does have a little hiccup and breakdown when it comes to Taylor Swift sometimes. But besides that, we have, and when you said Sandy Patty, I love me some Sandy Patty. That just also confirms like how I feel about us and our musical connection. But yes, oh man, Sandy Patty has some good Easter songs. Listen. There's this one, I can't think of the name, but when she's like talking and it's like the song talks about like being there at the time. And I got to look at the name of that song because I forgot the name of it. But she has some good ones. Absolutely. Now, Sharika, I was totally prepared with a different song, but then you hit him with the It's Holy Week, so I can't I can't be quoting the songs talking about the things I was going to be talking about. Why not? But, you know this podcast is a bit of righteous, it's a bit of ratchet, it's a bit of everything. It, it absolutely is that, but you know, one of the one of the pillars of wisdom is knowing the time and place. And you know, it's Holy Week, so you know, I'm going to keep it holy up here. Uh, I'm feeling very good. I think the temperature right now is perfect too. I don't know if it was you or Evie who said that, but I'm just loving the vibes. And so my song is going to be Kirk Franklin's Hosanna. I don't care how many Palm Sunday songs I've seen or like music and creative presentations to the Lord. When it comes to that, nothing gets me hype like that Hosanna by Kirk Franklin. And especially the part when they talk about like the attributes of the Lord that we celebrate for his patience and kindness and favor and mercy and honor and glory because he is worthy we can't live without you we can't breathe without you we can't sing without you Hosanna Hosanna no greater love in this world but you no one can compare to the things you do wherever you go I will follow you Hosanna forever we worship you now I was just doing that super basic y'all but if you don't know the song look it up because the way they sing it each line like it's like going up a staircase to heaven they get louder they be going up and pitch you know how we do we be so extra and that's how that's how it is with my lord so i definitely want to say i'm feeling great about that i do have an f you which is the opposite of a shout out 
So I just want to do <laughs> yes, Edie's face right now. I know I said I was going to give it Holly, but Sharika said we can be righteous and ratchet up here. I have a quick F you to the young woman who accused that young man of color of stealing her cell phone and she tackled him and screamed at him in the hotel and the hotel employees backed her. Why? I don't want to say it's because he's a man of color, but what other reason? And guess where her cell phone was? In an Uber. And this was not a grown man she was attacking. This was a child and his father was there and she pleaded down. She did get a hate crime. She got a felony, but do you guys think she's going to prison? No. And part of her excuse was, I'm 22 years old. Pretty much she's saying life happens. So a great F you to you. I hope you break your probation and you end up in jail because that's where you belong. I'm sorry, Sharika. <laughs> I know that kills the vibe. But I just, I had to say it somewhere loud and clear. And I'm not one to talk about these things. Like I don't have a Twitter or Instagram and my Facebook. Honestly, the only reason I still have a Facebook is for my family. I post little occasional things about what's going on because my family spread out or across the country, but I want that young woman to know that there's somebody who's angry about it. It's me. I feel like you should have did your time. And that's a situation that definitely deserved a Will Smith slap. Cause let me have a child one day and somebody attack my child saying my child has their phone and their phone was in an Uber and they don't give my child an apology or anything before they even get within a foot of my child, it's going to be the Will Smith hands. All right. So I'm just putting that energy out there. Okay, Sharika, what are we talking about today? We're talking about how you are everything, Sabrina. <laughs> I enjoyed every moment of that. That was hilarious. But she literally, and in two years, she can, if she doesn't break her probation in <clears throat> two years, she can apply to plea down again to, I guess, and like a misdemeanor or something. It's ridiculous. And it's, it's just frustrating because people have died for less. Yeah, right. People have died for less. I know like my own brother, the first time he got a charge, which was the reason he was back and forth for 10 years because he kept breaking his probation, but he was a first time offender, was not a violent crime, but it didn't matter. You know, I mean, Evie has told us you can watch 13th. There was a, a million things that can tell you about that fight, but it's the fact that she put her hands on someone, tackled someone, had no proof. Just because a guy had, you know how many iPhones are out there because he had a phone that looked like yours. And when it was found that he did, he wasn't even the one who had it. And guess what? I think we talked about this a little mm -hmm. bit last week, where it's like, well, I know I talked about it last week, where as a black woman, there have been situations where I would have been completely justified in losing my ish. And I didn't because I know what's on the other side. And it's just frustrating to feel like you live in a community where that white woman, or she may have been, you know, Latina. I think she was white. I can't remember. Um, she wasn't a person of, she wasn't black. That's all I know. Uh, she was white passing too. But she could tackle someone and have people on her side and not get a single amount of jail time. You think if Edie had done that to somebody, Susie? He could be somewhere, be somewhere tweeting. Oh, you know, I was only 22 at the time. I they been in jail. Exactly. In jail, probably the actually had his phone. She could have actually had his phone. He did that, yeah. and he still would have been in jail. Still would have been in jail. And knowing the judge, I probably wouldn't even got a bond. Like, would have been mm -hmm. like, uh, no bond for you. You are a menace to society. You're a thug. You're an animal. You need to be locked up in a cage. That would have been the words given to me or any other person of color. And we see it every day. It's like, we see, every like, you can day. just look at stories that we've seen throughout the past four or five years. People selling cigarettes outside of a store and they're choked to death. People allegedly robbed a store. Allegedly robbed a store, no firearm or anything. They just snatched and grabbed and then they get shot by law enforcement because they didn't raise their hand in a right time. People getting pulled over. Hey, pull out your ID. Pull out your license. Why are you moving? I need your ID. But he's not even the driver. I still need your ID. Oh, I think he's reaching for a gun and I still shoot you and kill you while your significant other and a child is in the backseat. Like these are just the mm -hmm. things that people of color face. Or I shoot you because I thought I had a taser. It was my taser. Yeah, I grabbed my taser and triggers are not the same. The weight of them are not the same. It's like, like, just think about it. Like, we all are people who have different devices, right? Do you ever pick up your phone and think it was your iPad? Do you ever pick up your iPad and like, I thought I grabbed my laptop. Well, I, I got my phone in my hand and I'm just going to wipe my phone through 
I don't know, maybe through my mouth because I thought it was a toothbrush. I, I just thought that that's what my like, I don't know about you, but those mistakes don't happen to me. Or I thought that was my car keys that I grabbed. Right. Like you're not grabbing your hairbrush and putting it in the doorknob to say, oh, I thought I grabbed my keys out of my purse or out of my out of my pocket. Like, so it's like it's just funny that people who we should be holding to a higher standard have all the excuses in the world for I don't know what they're able to do and essentially kill and murder people and get away with it. Yeah, I was just talking about that, that police officer that walked into the wrong apartment that they thought was theirs and killed a sleeping person, a sleeping back man. That, that story is still wild to me, still wild to this day. And if I'm not mistaken, I think that's Amber Geiger and both of them. It is Amber. And she tried to uh, get a little, oh, I've done a little bit of time, reduce my sentence. And the judge was like, no. And I said, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Like, I got I, the other thing. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, E.B. I'll say just even that, right? Like, we hear these stories and we know these people as if they're peers of ours. <laughs> like, we know these names. And it's like, that's how not only how often it happens, but how relatable these situations are. Some of y'all don't even know the names of y'all nieces and nephews or cousins that you got in your family. But we know these people names because these stories are just so relatable because of situations that either ourselves or people we're close to have been in or close to those same like final moments. And that's why sometimes I'm always telling you and I'm saying you as in the people who are listening, like don't always waste your breath on certain situations just because you never know when you're going to need that breath in mm. the end. Mm. It, I know, that's right. Even think that's of it word. that way, but that's just the life that we live. That's You're right. For me, I get torn too as a Christian because, like, I love that God is merciful. God knows I need His mercy and His grace, absolutely. But there's, uh there's such a fire in me to see the justice of God in these situations. Mm. And I know, like, the word tells us vengeance is the Lord's, but in these situations, like that young lady who tackled that child I'm gonna call him a child because he was a teenager mm -hmm. and you were in your 20s um and she's like has a haughty spirit about it like she's not apologetic she's just like why is this a racial thing girl <laughs> okay we're not we don't even have to go into all that but it's just like god like why do these how long right mm -hmm. like how long mm -hmm. do we have to deal with this like I'm mm -hmm. I'm tired of it so I'm just trying to walk that little line it is holy week and I'm just, you know, I'm just saying I'm open to all aspects of God, the mercy and the grace and the justice and the vengeance. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so I've been this topic that we're going to talk about is something it is a mixed bag for me. It's good, but I have been kind of putting off the topic because of some of the stuff we literally just talked about right now, because mm -hmm it's a mixed emotions for me. It's a great celebration, but it's also been a very frustrating process. And I'm not, and it's not even me. I'm just watching it from the sidelines. I'm talking about <clears throat> Justice Katanji Brown Jackson. What a great celebration to, for her, but also the road to get there has been a rocky one. And, you know, I like to always defer to E.B. as my little news correspondent. So, E.B., <laughs> can you walk the people through just a bit of the journey uh, for Miss Miss uh, Mrs. Brown Jackson? So this is or slightly... Justice, excuse me. Yeah, Justice Jackson. Justice Brown Jackson. Um, Justice Brown Jackson. So I know we kind of, like, and I say kind of, like, we, you know, we try to do our best to do our due diligence to talk about the important things in the world, not just in our country. So kind of threw me off guard. And I say, I know some stuff, right. And I do a little quick rundown um, about her. Um, we know some of her service is attributed to her parents being public school teachers. Shout out to all the, I would say public and private school teachers, but definitely public school teachers, just because I've never went to a private school. Um, so I've been shaped and modeled by public school teachers, some who I really, really enjoyed and who I still keep in contact with today, and some who I wish I had another class. Um, us being in the three individuals who live in Florida, her family moved to Florida when she was young. So we can say that she got a lot of her roots from down south, from Miami. Like that's where she had what we would consider her formative years of knowing life and getting or building relationships. Um, of course, she's married to a doctor. They got two kids. 
She has served on the federal judge. She served as the federal judge at the United States Court of Appeals for the District of um, for DC. Um, of course, she was nominated by President um, Joe Biden to be on the highest seat of the Supreme Court, um, which for us, that's the highest seat in the land, right? Um, because Justice Stephen Breyer said that he was stepping down. And from that, what happens typically, and not just for her, but for all justices who have um, come and gone, there is sometimes a bit of scrutiny, typically only from the opposite or the opposing party. Now, some people already know the game is coming and they just roll with it. But I mean, from you coughing on somebody in third grade, like they are trying to bring up everything they can about you. And for her, they try to discredit all of yeah. her work as a justice. And it's just interesting because none of these people said anything about her when she was just climbing the ladder little by little doing what she does best. And that is to uphold the law of the land. And, you know, there are some stuff that some people will seem questionable. Why did this person get this lenient sentence here or this lenient sentence? And for me, it was just mind boggling because some of the same people who was questioning her right? They have received little to no sentences for some of the acts that they've done, or they have, they didn't do that to um, somebody who just recently got, or during the last presidency of a Brett Kavanaugh, right? They didn't scrutinize his sentences or his mm -hmm. leniency in sentences. So you had, um, of course, people who wanted to drag her down, or as we would say, drag her through the mud um, to see her be the bottom of the bottom. Um, but I could say from the way that she answered questions um with such grace and mm -hmm. mercy to these people who are ba bashing her and how she played like no nonsense she was like well it's already there in the notes i'm not repeating myself for you like I'm, you're not mm -hmm. worthy of that time or i've already answered this question you're not going to ask it another way but thank you for the trick me so mm -hmm. like she's shown you what it takes i don't know for me one of the things that, that stood out to me through that time of her before prior to her confirmation is the way that she's stood up to adversity with nobody else there to defend you like you ain't got no lawyer she got a husband in the room she got friends in the room she got other politicians and judges in the room but like nobody else can answer for you mm -hmm. it's just you and other people got their time and you see some of the back and forth if you were watching news or if you glance through social media during that time or um any youtube feeds you'll see it but that's part of um i would say probably one of the greatest that we've seen in our lifetime or at least for me in my past 33 years. Um, and I say that not because um, she's black, not because she's a woman, not because she grew up in Florida like your boy, but I said because I don't know if you can find a better track record mm. of an individual who <clears throat> has stood the test of time. And I'll put her up against any of the other current justices or even the one that's retiring who she's replacing. Um, and for her to be just the uh, first woman of color, um, it's just sad that we live in a country where we're still having these first. Um, so we here at the kickback say, I don't know, I guess you say congratulations, mm -hmm. but shout out to you, Justice Kataji Brown Jackson, for mm -hmm. standing the test of time and being a voice of the people who look like you. I was just uh, for, for frustrated because the people that had all this ridiculousness and going back and forth don't even have the experience <clears throat> they can't they couldn't they can't they're not even on her level and to have the patience to deal with people who ain't even on your level and like you said be gracious <laughs> Ooh, I, I mean especially when you know they're coming for you and then I was watching this like little clip where they were just clipped together like all the when 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 they when it came time to vote and they were talk like they would be talking about oh she's this she's and they were saying positive things but I'm voting no I'm voting no I'm voting no I'm voting no and I was just like this is why it has been a mixed emotions for me because it's like like Sabrina says like Lord how long how long how much more can we how 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 is it always going to be like this is it always going to be like this i'm just like and i'm all, like it's just like i i know we should be hopeful and in most of the times i am optimistic but there comes some times where you just feel like why we why is it always got to be like this why so go ahead sabrina you were 
say something. E.B., which pop culture star said the most disrespected woman in America is a Black woman? Mm. Was that Jay-Z? Who said that? I know it was one of those guys. I don't know if it was, uh, I think, ooh, I want to run through it and I'm going to try to see if I can find it. But I think Maybe it was, it was a, a recording on an album. Or yeah. on an album that somebody had ran through and then it became famous off of that. Mm-hmm. Like, but I don't remember off the top of my head, but let me see if I can find that. But we're on the same link because as you were speaking, I was like, actually, it may have been a recording on one of Beyonce's albums. Wouldn't be surprised if it was Lemonade because that had a lot of mm-hmm. going on. Okay. <laughs> on that, uh, on that album. Malcolm X said it. There we go. Malcolm oh, X. Mm-hmm. That's, oh, the, that's the original quote. It's from Malcolm X. And then it got dubbed in all rap music just about everywhere. But there we go. I was like, I feel like it's not a rapper, but Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. So forgive me. And when I say one of those guys, I mean, no disrespect. I have a lot of respect for people who have reached those levels in their careers and in their talent. So and it was Beyonce who sampled it on Lemonade. So you are also right for that as well. So there you go. There we go. And that's why I mentioned Jay-Z, because, you know, they're married. They Didn't they just celebrate like 20 years in the game or something like that? It's crazy because mm-hmm. she still looks like she's in her 20s. Oh, Lord, bless me with that. <laughs> That aging. Uh, so none of it surprised me. And there, for me, I'm glad that you guys got to watch it from beginning to end. But that stuff is very triggering for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't, I can't engage because I think I said this before too, but I live with a constant rage. And I know people are like, of course, angry black woman. And it's, I don't want to buy into that trope. But for me personally, Sabrina, I live with it because I have lived that kind of thing. I lived it going to school. I lived there early in my career. I don't live it now. Thank God. I don't know if it's because we mainly work from home or if just people where I'm the community I'm in now, they're just not about that life or they hide it. Well, don't know, but nothing she experienced was a surprise to me. It's like expected. And the frustrating thing is, is also expected for us. And now I am speaking for all Black women. Um, The way I was raised was, you are expected to be that gracious. You know what I'm saying? Like, when they come at you with all that, it's like this very much, like, turn the other cheek. Because if you don't, you're going to play into, well, yeah, that's how they are. You're going to play into the stereotype, which goes back to what we were talking about at the top of the podcast. Like, I will know we've reached this new level when I can respond to something that's BS and be like, that's BS. And people aren't like, oh, well, there she goes being ghetto and da-da-da, angry. It's like, no, I'm calling you out for your BS, but we aren't there yet. Growing up, like this whole pressure in my family, my mom would always say, your A's are like a C to them, you know? So I just have this mentality of everything has to be bigger, better, faster, stronger, just to be considered equal, just to be equal. So you have to be like a justice, uh, you have to be like her and still not even considered. Like you said, Sharika, they're still voting no. And think about her legacy up to this point. And it's still a no. And I have seen that time and time again, been the best, been the fastest, all A's. And it's like, no, door closed or been pacified or undermined or they couldn't attack my work. So they attacked my character. And yet, and in all those years, I only yelled at one person. It wasn't even a yell. And it wasn't even against their character. I just said, come back and take it like you dished it out. And I got called into somebody's office. <laughs> you know, so it's like, I, I respect how she handled it. And it's, I think that's traumatic that she had to deal with it and handle it that way. We should be able to express our emotions now. Not to like the Will Smith level, okay. <laughs> but as Sharika said, and I reneged, I can see how he got there. When you have years of like repress, repress, like don't be the angry person, like deal with it, deal with it, deal with it. Everybody has a breaking point. And I respect that that wasn't hers. And that is why she sits on the seat she sits on now because you can't d- let people drive you there. You know, you have to have this, I want to say supernatural self-control, you know, in those situations. And she did it. So kudos, kudos, I pray. Like Martin Luther King Jr. had a dream. My dream is that my future black and brown children can make the same mistakes. I think Evie talked about this last week. 
um, and be as mediocre as there appears <laughs> to my skin and <laughs> not be a big deal. Like if my black and my black and brown children can push somebody else and be like, move Bob, and no one's gonna be calling them the angry. You know what I'm saying? Like when when we can get there, that's when I know we've arrived. Because Kavanaugh didn't even have to me, well, justice, I'll put some respect on his name, the same qualification that she did. You know, he's out there crying and boohooing like a baby. And people are like, they're bullying him. They're treating him. Who was, who was standing up for her in that way? So, yeah, most disrespected still. But at the same time, Black girl magic, okay? Because mm -hmm. you saw how sis handled it like a pro. That's all I got to say. I would say Black women got a reason to be angry. Angry Black women for a reason. It's not because we, we just like people be angry for no reason. The disrespect, the, 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 just the constant fighting, who, who's happy about that? Who, if you had to be under that all the time, why would you be skipping and half and jumping around and being happy? I mean, and getting it from all sides, uh, God, God bless the dead. Uh, I saw some tweets that came out from the young man in Miami who was stabbed. Mm. allegedly by his white girlfriend I don't know the details we just know she was bloody and she got arrested and she's out on bail whatever and his tweets from earlier life were just really disparaging to black women and as a black woman I'm just like why what did mm. we do to you he's talking about how loud we are how he doesn't desire us how that and he just went on and on and on and unfortunately People were using this to be like, as a community, we're not supporting him. But I don't think those tweets equal whoever yeah. killed him shouldn't get justice. Yeah. Like, they absolutely need to go to jail or whatever else. But as somebody who grew up in the hood and not with, you know, I grew up around my peers. I grew up around people who look like me. And the, they were very mean. Just about things that are Black women things. Oh, you dark. Oh, your hair is nappy. Da, da, da. Yeah, my hair is nappy. I'm not a white woman. You know, I, it's unfortunate that everybody can have their preference. I'm all about that, but I'm telling you, and I don't know if you experienced this, Sharika, but from men like that, just, and rappers do it, and just a lot of people just randomly come for Black women. You talk about this a little bit when you're talking about Jada's hair, like, you know the relationship we have with her hair, Chris Rock. You did a whole documentary on it. You know how Black women can feel so self-conscious about their natural hair that they'll be wearing hair from every other culture in the world. And there's no culture that's buying our hair to look like us. But you know what I'm saying? Like, Chris Rock, you said that, and then you made that joke, and you're a Black man. So do we need it from you? And do we got to get it from the... I wish I could tell you the amount of Black men who just felt I did not ask them for their preference, just felt the need to say around me, oh, I really prefer Indian girls, or I really prefer Latina girls, da, 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 da. Meanwhile, you came out of a black vagina, okay? What's, so what's the, the most disrespected? So it is on so many different levels, and that's just within culture, and I can go deeper, but I'm not going to. I just talked about very surface level things and things that were just about like appearance, which can be shallow. But there are other things within the culture where the Black women is disrespected. Then you're coming outside of the culture. And where's the protection? But yet when something goes down, who do you want to come to first? You want to come to the Black women to hold it up to, oh, this, my mom was a pillar of my family and da-da-da-da-da. And that's why that day, Sharika, when you were like, well, when Will Smith did that, he did that for Black women. I was like, no, because there's a lot of stuff that Will Smith could have done over the years for Black women. And that was not it. We we need a lot of protection. And we also have this other trope of being like the strong black woman. Da, 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 da. One of the things I love about my husband is I can finally be weak. Amen. Amen. There you go. I'm not trying to like I can and I will. And I did. And when I was single, I was not like desperately. I wasn't like desperately looking for a man, but I could def I definitely can't handle my own finances, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I yeah. had it, you know, but I love that with my husband, I don't have to always carry all the emotional weight, that financial weight, all the chore, da, 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 da. I, he allows me a place to rest. But that's the other side of like the whole issue with black women. Like we're, that's why when I looked at the justice thing, I had to turn it off because while she was going through all that, there was an expectation that she remained strong, that she remained gracious, 
even when she had that one little moment and her tear. And I think that was more of a proud tear. Um, but still, it's like, if she had cried the way that white man did, <laughs> imagine, imagine the tweets, though. Imagine the response. Is she strong enough? Did it, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. seriously. So sorry. I don't even know how relevant that rant was. But and I'm sure there are authors and people out there who have written about dissertations about this whole thing that go a lot more in depth and who are a lot more eloquent than I have been just now. But I say all that to say I respect the way she handled it. I hate that she had to handle it that way. And maybe in years to come, that won't be true for the next generation. That's the thing that I'm concerned about. Will it? I will say I do want to shout out Cory Booker because he did come to, you know, his little I won't I don't want to say it was a speech. It wasn't a speech, but her he did come to her defense in some points and some and I mean at a point and you know just thank her for being strong. And like you said, we shouldn't have to, but he for enduring that that what what didn't need to go, it didn't need to be like that. Yes, we understand that you're going to be questioned. That's given. But the things and in the way and in the way that she was. It was not, it wasn't, it was just not even necessary, but I do appreciate that he did say something and he did, you know, try to, um, you know, say how historical it was and how moving it was to see a black woman that looks like his mother be able to be in this position. So I do want to say that, but the, in the, anyway, I did, it it is very triggering. I will say, and I, cause I, as this has been going on, I have been like, I, I, I want to talk about it, but I don't because it is very just, it is triggering and then it's, it's exhausting to have to keep on, you know, seeing someone endure that and recall your own issues and personal. So I totally get it, Sabrina. I totally get that. But I did want to talk about it today because it is a great accomplishment. And I, I hate when, you know, certain things taint what our historical moments but you know that's also part of it but it it doesn't take away from the great work that she has done and and I know that she'll continue to do so I do want to say that E.B. were you about to say something no I think you guys um said it off I think I'll just at least if we're closing um on her I don't know what people have to go through daily um, throughout your life. But I know one of the quotes that I plan on getting framed in my office that she has said during the Senate hearings of you can't always be the smartest person in the room, but you can promise to be the hardest working person in the room. Um, and I think at least I would say for me, at least one of the reasons I think she said that and I might be wrong. Um, I haven't had a chance to talk to her about it. Hopefully one day I'm in the same room with her. And I, you know me, if you know me, you don't, you know, I don't mind asking questions, but like, you know, I think being the smartest person in the room, I think that's always a subjective thing, right? But you should know your own work ethic or when you really have had enough. I'm not telling you to get exhausted. I'm not telling you to burn out. I'm not telling you to tap out. I'm not telling you to work yourself to death. But like, you know, when you put it in, in a sense, all that you have for whatever you're trying um, to achieve. So if there's anything that you like, I don't really care about politics. I don't care about what the Supreme Court got going on, um, LGBTQ, um, uh, LGBTQ, what else, the other stuff, abortion, um, just because that's like the main two issues I think they always argue about. Mm-hmm. Schools, I know school choice has come up and down with it. Um, school violence, school violence as in school shootings, um, gun laws, um, amending or having amendments to um, or changing or tweaking any of our amendments within the Constitution. Um, some people argue that America is going more and more progressive, but like those are things that if I'm being real, the average person is not paying attention to because they stay in their personal bubbles and they live their life. And however the cookie crumbles is how they eat it. And that's how they deal with it or whatnot. But for those who feel like they are engaged in politics to a certain extent, it'll be good to even just check outside of what flashing on your social media feed of like, what are they working on? Uh, Maybe even in your state Supreme Court or at the Supreme Court in DC for these justices, like what what laws are attempting to being passed? um, What laws aren't? 
what's happening in your local area. And y'all know we, especially during the election times, I know we always promote that with you guys. I'm like, think about what's happening locally. Think about what's happening within your state and what, and what's happening happening within the nation. So as you think about justice, um, Katanji Brown Jackson, also think critically about how you can get involved and engaged to what happens in your community. I will say, EB, if there's anybody that I personally know that I believe could get in front of and get an audience with her, it would be you. Right. I, I, believe, <laughs> I believe that was all my heart. If there was anyone I personally knew, it would be you. So, you know, we're going to believe in faith and know that that's going to happen one day. Let's keep on praying on that because <laughs> I've been trying to get to the White House for at least, I'll say, if I'm being real, at least the past 13 years. And I have been unsuccessful. And I say 13 because I've been trying since Obama got there and I have been unsuccessful. So I'm still That's trying. Temporary. You'll be there one day. I hope so. Um, especially knowing people who like work in the White House or work at the Capitol who have those connections. But they don't be trying to help a brother out. Um, yeah, I know some people who listen. But yeah, Joy Lee, come on, you work every day. <laughs> I'm not calling names. I'm name dropping. Joy Lee, make something happen. Emily Louder, make something happen. If these people are your friends, they know people who work in the building with the peoples. They work with the peoples. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm name dropping. Tell them that your boy just, I just want a simple tour. I don't even want nothing crazy. Because um, as I go back, I think back to third grade, I was in Miss Bell's class at Garner Elementary. Class had a trip to DC. We were about to slide to DC, but being a Haitian, being black, being broke, your boy couldn't go on that field trip. So you know what my mom and daddy told me? Like my mom and daddy told me, you want to see the White House? You can watch it on TV. But and I think oh. at that time it was probably like eight nine hundred dollars, if I'm not mistaken. Please like, for okay. third grade. It was because it was bus ride, hotel stay, tours. It was other museum stuff. Not a hotel in elementary. That's what I'm saying. Like, that sounds like a whole lot. Oh, he said he like, didn't go to private school, but it sounded it sounded okay. private school energy. We went so, to the science museum or something down the road. Right. So we did some of those two weeks ago that they called Cypress Gardens, which is now the home of Legoland almost every year. We did the Bush Gardens. We did the SeaWorlds being in, hey. Hay, being in Florida. Like we had nice field trips. I would say that. But those, for the most part, it was like pay $25, pay $35. But that one was like, it was going to be a charter. But I remember that like it was a charter bus ride to D.C., I forgot where it was stopping at or if it was stopping. It was like a three or four day thing. Um, and then the part that got me frustrated and I, at the time I didn't know it because, you know, and I only say now because I look back at papers that I still have. I mean, well, it's in, I'm in my office right now as we're recording, so I can't show you the paper, but it's a paper that it was like, um, it was like a future leaders of America or future ambassadors or like ambassadors without borders or something like that. And so a group of us at the time who were alpha students or gifted students like you get one of those letters and then they're like hey yeah tell your parents to pay for this and we got you um and then my parents just was like yeah we ain't got the bread bread for those of you who are listening means money finances <laughs> currency um and so they told us that we ain't had the money and you out of luck and at that time and my dad still does but they were working at a hotel um so it wasn't like it was crazy like housekeeping laundry simple um jobs where so I, I was like oh it's whatever that's not the first time got told we was broke um or told we didn't have it and at the time I was like dang this sucks because that was something I always wanted to do but now as I get older I'm like that would have been a great experience but I was like dang my parents really did try to make it happen for the 13 of us because we for the most part never really went without like it was certain things that of course we didn't get like when video games came out you know we didn't get it day one but we definitely got it eventually so yeah, that's definitely still on my bucket list. So if any of you who listen to the podcast, if you got connections for a White House tour, um, yeah, highlight your boy. I would love to just be in, I don't know, the East Wing, the West Wing, the Lincoln Room, the Oval Office, actually. Like basically everywhere but their bedrooms. Like I don't <laughs> care about that. That don't interest me at all. But everything else, I would love to see just that layout of what some consider um one of the most secured places in our world. Um, yeah, it'll just be cool because a lot of people have walked through those doors mm-hmm. and your boy haven't. Give me the, the rose garden. To, the kickback goes to the White House. If y'all can make it happen, we got three people, <laughs> all of us have spouses. So six tickets. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> all right. That's a very doable thing, though. Like you can just apply. I mean, you have to do it months in advance, but it's a very achievable goal, EB. 
I was gonna say, do they still have that? I know they used to be able to, but I don't know if they still do or not. You know, I've been hitting up my congressman for at least the past seven or eight years. And I was since Port Charlotte. And I'm just like, you know, a nice little spill. I did one of those copy and paste samples that I've seen from other people who've done it or say they've done it online. And when I was in Port Charlotte for four or five years, I was trying since I've been in Tampa. I send it, I send it to my local congressman. I've sent a few to the Senate to our state senators, and I have been unsuccessful. Well, even a response to the Capitol, not even the White House, because sometimes I'm like, okay, the White House, they probably getting a million requests. And you got to think these people have, from what I understand, they have 10 to 20 people who work on their teams or whatnot, or like teams of people who, I'm like, they probably gonna see my name, but yeah, we throwing this out. We don't care nothing about that. Or another White House request. And it's like, that's whatever. I did, shout out to um, when I graduated college from USF, which I do have in my office, I do got a letter, and I don't know if it was pre- like pre-typed or whatever, but it is a letter from the President Barack Obama, um, which is in my office and him congratulating me on graduating um, with my four-year degree from the University of South Florida. I had tried to invite him and Michelle um, to my wedding, but that didn't happen. I, they, I love it. Yeah. I love it. People love who are getting married, shoot your shot. You never know. Like I read a story of a couple who sent something to like a Disney executive and they got five years of Disney pass. Like, I'm not a Disney person, but I'm like, five years of Disney pass? Like, you know how much, like, mm-hmm. now if, you stay, now if you don't stay in Florida, then that's travel vacation. But if you stay here, like, that's a lick. Because mm-hmm. that thing is expensive to go there. What? Like, Even so. with your Florida discount, it's still a Florida, Florida, uh, like. Resident rate, yeah. Yeah, it's Yeah, still- and you guys, side note, stop asking us to use our resident rate because you have to use your driving driver's license and i'm not giving you my license so you can run to disney and get it stolen because you're pretending to be me okay that's <laughs> how that works so stop asking people out here trying to scam shout out to the scammers all right i think that's all we got on kataji and the justice <laughs> that she provides and the grace that she handled herself with um shout out to the people who did come to her defense not only in the senate hearings of like a court mm. um and others who stood up for her shout out i want to say the voting was 57 to 43 um shout out to the 43 of y'all who all trash um just because no I give them like, the f you like sabrina d- i like because like it just gets me because it's like what is your rationale behind that and, and like i know you alluded to it a little bit sharika when you was like because some i watched a clip i forgot what show it probably was on trevor noah but it was like these people like just imagine somebody saying man, you're the best candidate we have. We love your resume. Mm-hmm. You come, you meet the range of what we want to pay our employees. You have exceptional reviews from other people. All your reference came back in order, but we're not going to hire you. Like that is just asinine to me, like completely asinine. And that's what some of those clips were. Like, we love your records. Mm-hmm. We love what you did. Everything you've done, you stand for it, but this is just not the seat for you. Or you're great, but I'm voting no. And it's like, huh? Like you might as well tell me I'm trash if you vote no. But that's all I got for that. And I know we got another topic to talk about for a little bit today. So, yeah. Well, well, let's move on to Holy Week. This is Holy Week. And when you're listening to this, it'll be the day before Easter. So we wanted to talk about that. Yesterday, we had a conversation because we know that there's certain specific days in in the Holy Week. (laughs) So we know, I knew about Monday, Thursday, and I knew about Good Friday and Easter Sunday. And I think it was Sabrina was like, well, what are the other days? And we looked it up. It was Holy Monday, Holy Tuesday, Holy Wednesday, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and, and Easter Sunday. And I was just like, as it should be, holy. it's all holy up in here. So it's... Holy Week, Easter Sunday coming up. What are you guys' traditions or what do you look what do you look forward to in this season? For me, um, not because I'm gonna give you two different responses, and I say different because I feel like they're different in the space that I'm in now. Um, when I was a kid, like for us, and I think I mentioned this before when we did our Easter episodes, but like as a kid, it was a big deal for Holy Week. Like Easter was like a sunrise service, of course, and then it was church. Um, a church service or um, a big, either a big breakfast or a big lunch. Sometimes it was both because, you know, people love to eat and people love to cook. Um, but then it was also like the day where a lot of people got baptized, like growing up in a Haitian oh. Baptist church. Like it was that Sunday where people would like, in the best way, Jesus resurrected. And hopefully, um, as we've talked about him all throughout this week, you have resurrected from your old self as well. And that old self is no longer with you and you 
um, have risen for who God has created you to be, so to speak. And that was always like a big thing because as a kid, it was like we go into this lake, right, or this beach because that's what they used to call all the lakes for whatever reasons. But you go into this spot and you're like, oh, it's not like people getting in the water and like actually getting baptized. So that was always a cool thing. And when I got a little older, like teenager to I was a teenager age looking at the cute outfits from everybody because it's like people mm. definitely dress up for Easter Sunday, um, whether it be moms with the hats, dads with the bright colored suits, kids with the little puffy little dresses look like they about to be a junior bridesmaid or something like it was that was always something um, I would say to look at. But in the most recent years being in, I guess, full time ministry or in leadership, it was dang, I got to wake up early to go to church like where do we get this? And this is just me and myself. I don't know how everybody else feels about it. But like, where do we get this tradition from? Like, where is it in scripture that people was up at sunrise having church and eating breakfast and doing whatever they were doing? Like, who was that first person who said to make this day count, we got to have church while the sun is coming up? Like, who was that person that led us this way? Because some days I don't be with it. Like, even this, as we think about Easter, Easter this week, it's a church who got service at 8, 830. And then they like they got a breakfast or light refreshments and then starting church at like 1030 or they got Sunday school and church. And I'm like, why do we got to do all this? Like, it got, it got too much going on. You can cancel Sunday school for this week. Like you can just have one big service and roll with it. But yeah, that's somewhat of how I am now. And but looking forward to things, I think for me in my home church, if I were to go to Winter Haven, I'm looking forward to the people who probably haven't been tapped in the church in a while, but them and or their kids and their family show up for that one Sunday. And it's like, hey, how have you been? You should come through. Or what has been going on in your life? How can I be praying for you? Like, I really, I really miss you. Forget this building, forget, like, not forget other people, but forget other people, because they cared about you. They would have checked in on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would have checked in on you too, because sometimes I don't. And that's just life. But that's one of the things I do look for on some Easter services, the amount of people who do show up to different churches across the across the globe. And it's people who may know the church, but they're not the church. Hopefully that makes sense. It makes sense. I love I love Holy Week. I love good. I love a good Friday service. I, I haven't done a Seder in a while. I've done one, I think maybe once or twice. Actually, uh, yeah, I think I've done one once or twice. And it was nice and it's interesting because it's something different that I haven't really experienced often, but I love a good Friday service. I love the somber tone. I love that it's usually dark in the room. I just love the reflective time. So I love Good Friday. And then I love the joy of Easter. I love that, you know, you come out with the Sunday best. I love the cute outfits, but I also just love the celebration of the resurrection on Easter Sunday. And I love that it's, you get that great contrast from the Good Friday to the Easter Sunday. So that is one of the things that I love. Growing up, I always loved a little egg hunt. I know that really has nothing to do with Resurrection Sunday, but I love a little egg hunt and I love a good meal. I love, um, you know, when I since I've been here a couple of times, I went over to a friend's house for a nice Easter Sunday meal as of this as of this moment I have no Easter plans so anybody hearing this on Saturday in the area you know and you you got you got a plate at your you got a place uh, available at your table I have nowhere to go Easter Sunday if you have an Easter Sunday meal but I, I mean it's just a great time of, of fellowship but also I love just what it the time that the reflection of what it's about and about the sacrifice of Christ for our lives. So it's, I love Easter season. Sabrina, what about you? Sharika, you know, you're always welcome to come to Barbin Day. <laughs> we have oh, our, Sunday, our family dinner faithfully on Sunday, stay away from the apple salad, but everything else <clears throat> I'd say dive in. You're always welcome friend. Absolutely. Uh, I, as a kid, I love like the new outfits Mm -hmm. because we usually, and I'm talking about like a small kid because once I joined the church that I did as like a maybe late elementary and then on to adulthood, we wore uniforms. And even on the Sunday, Easter Sunday, I would wear that uniform to church because we were participating. They were like, you have to wear uniforms. 
that as a small kid, I love that my mom would like, let us go to the store and choose our little Easter dress or whatever. That was just really exciting. And I love the Easter egg hunt. And I love watching the other kids do that. And even though it's very much a pagan ritual that the Christians were just like, yeah, we'll take that too. Like, I love that we were kind of like, make it just like there's new life in spring. The eggs represents that. So does like Christ. So we would try to like link it together. As an adult, I've been more, um, I guess, excited about like the Hebraic roots of our faith and the holy festivals that the Bible talk about. Because a lot of them show how Jesus was all throughout the Old Testament. So we love the Seder because, you know, that is something that the Jewish people do. But the whole meal just points to uh, it's like prophecy for Jesus coming. And I love that. And then we'll watch the Prince of Egypt, which is awesome. And my husband had never seen that a couple of years ago. And that's like one of Disney's most underrated movies. It is so good. So we do that and the Seder. And then growing up, my mom, and she just told me the other day that she watched it. She would watch the Hollywood version of the Ten Commandments. So I watched that as it. So there's always like the movie and the Seder. And yeah. So love that. Good Friday service for the same reason as Sharika. I like reflecting. And I just love the joy and the celebratory feel of church on a Sunday. Some churches are like that every Sunday. And I think that's a very fortunate sort of community to be in. But um, I think the church that I was involved with for a really long time, it's not that we weren't celebratory every Sunday. It was just kind of like more of a chill vibe. They're more like Doug. Remember I, I told you guys the story of Doug at the Beyonce concert? And he was calm the whole time. And then when we were leaving in the parking lot, he was like, that was one of the most fun experiences of my life. And I was like, oh, I couldn't tell. So that's like my church, right? They're just very calm. I'm a much more expressive type of person. But I feel like Easter is that one time of year where people, even the most calm people, are more expressive. And I just feed off of that energy. So I like celebrating on Easter Sunday. I have not watched The Prince of Egypt during this season, but that's a good idea. I do love that movie. It is a good movie. I was browsing um, Twitter, as I so often um, do or make happen, and it was interesting to read a tweet by a speaker by the name of, um, as we talk about Holy Week, um, Eugene Cho, and I'm going to read it just real quick. It's not that long, but it says, in his last days, Jesus didn't just enter Jerusalem and go straight to the cross. In between, he confronts corruption and hypocrisy, overturns tables, heals the blind and sick, feeds people and washes dirty feet. In other words, following Jesus isn't about a ticket to heaven on earth as in heaven. And he closed out with an amen. And like, so as I think about Holy Week at times, like for myself, or at least when I read this tweet, let me say, um, when I had read this tweet, I was like, dang, like what table? should I be flipping right now? Mm. Who should I be holding accountable? And I'm saying that figuratively, not um, literally people, but like, who should I be holding accountable or confronting with co corruption or hypocrisy? Or do I have a sense of corruption and hypocrisy in my own life where somebody might be wanting to call me out, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. or is am I a table that somebody wants to overturn? And not saying I can't, because the same power or spirit that was, um, well, as Jesus ascended, the spirit has, come down to be here with us but like is there a person that I should be reaching out to who might be sick or in need of some healing and it might be just comforting words it might be um ministry of presence or it might be a phone call or a, a text I don't know but like I was just thinking about that and I was just like I wish we as a body of believers like because I know many of us we know the Lord's prayer and we recite it but like are we truly living as if we want heaven to be here on earth or are we just going through the motions like, I can't wait to leave earth to get to heaven? Because that's not really what it says um, in scripture. So as we continue to reflect on Holy Week, and as you think about Good Friday, and you have your Seder meals, and your Easter eggs, and your nice outfits, and the people who you haven't seen in forever, and Easter Sunday, whether it be sunrise service, or breakfast, or brunches, or lunches, or dinners, and all that good stuff, think about how you can make heaven on earth with the people that you interact with like how is God calling you to be his hands and his feet not just this week not just on Easter Sunday but every day of the year and on that note 
Sabrina, what do you have to share with us today? Uh, my quote this week is actually going to come from the Prince of Egypt and one of the most familiar songs from that movie. And it goes like this. There can be miracles when you believe. Though hope is frail, is hard to kill. Meaning hope is hard to kill. Who knows what miracles you can achieve when you believe somehow you will. And I think, I didn't know how in-depth we're going to go into today's hot topics, but going back to us talking, talking about that question of, Lord, when, Lord, how long? It can relate to that, but it can relate to so many other things in your life. If you feel like you had a hope or a dream or this desire of your heart to see justice or whatever, listen, it, life can be discouraging, but hope is really hard to kill, especially for those of us who put our hope and our faith and our trust in the Lord. He's faithful. And even in those moments where we're discouraged or we're asking how long, like miracles can happen when you believe the Bible literally tells us prayer changes things. So I just want to give a shout out to all those people out there who are holding on to their hope, even when it's frail. And it's a very thin, thin little line. Keep believing, keep praying, keep trusting, keep doing the work. Uh, look inside yourself too, because uh, I think faith and work are they are things that are hand in hand. You know, if you just pray and do nothing, well, guess what? Nothing might happen, but you pray and then you follow through with the actions that the Holy Spirit leads you to, and you hold on to that hope and you'll be surprised at what happens. So there can be miracles when you believe. That's all I got for you today. Evie, what are you expounding on? So I'm going to shift gears and take it. Well, for some people, it might be sad. For other people, it might not be too sad just because some some of us after a while you just get numb to the different stuff that is going on um in the world but i'm expounding on just some craziness that came across um one of my group chats earlier today of something that happened in new york um yeah. this week so of course you have a suspect at large after 10 people were shot um at a brooklyn subway station um and it just sucks because it says like at least 29 people were treated at a nearby hospital for injuries, none of which were life threatening. Um, the suspect authority said the suspect who remains at large put on a large gas mask, deployed a gas canister and then began shooting. The attack is not being investigated as an act of terrorism, but authorities have not ruled anything out. The NYPD commissioner said investigators have cell phone video from an eyewitness that shows the subject sources say in a U-Haul cargo van connected with the shooting had been located in Brooklyn along with a credit card that identified the sus suspect. Now, for me, I think it goes back to similar to what we talked about, I guess, a couple of weeks ago or last week about like some of the Will Smith stuff, but it's like talking about that violence, right? Just where sometimes just violence ain't going to solve much. It doesn't help the situation. And for some people, right, there is no limit to the way that they produce violence or kill people or harm people or shoot people. And other people, they got their limits where I'm like, I'll cut you with my words, but I won't put my hands on you. Or I'll put my hands on you, but I won't shoot you. Or I won't stab you. I won't stab you, but I should, you know, and so on and so on. But like, you really have to be in a dark place where you feel in yourself internally, because um, like internally, mentally, however you want to look at it, emotionally where you feel that the only solution is for you to harm other people. And in this case, I'm assuming just because these people from what I understand are not connected, um, harm bystanders or innocent people. Cause they got some people who's like, you killed my cousin. So I'm gonna kill your cousin. You did something to my mama. So I'm gonna do something to your mom. Like where it's like a tit for tat type of thing. But I like, I'm assuming now, this person could be, I don't know who the suspect is, but they could be living in a sense of isolation. But oftentimes, sometimes these people are literally right up under our noses. People who we go to work with, people who are in our family, people we kick it with, people we talk to, people who we text in. So like, I don't know how your group chats operate. I don't know how your sphere of influence or your circle operates, your tribe, your squad, your small groups, however you hang and bang with your people, whether it be those that are family, those that are friends, those that are friends that are considered families, might even be those that are foes. I don't know. But just one, I would say, find somebody to talk to before you go do something crazy in this world. Like, maybe nobody love you. I'm sorry that that's what you have to go through. We had to kick back. We love you. But the people that you're thinking about harming, 
those people are loved by other people. And when people do reckless and senseless things like this, I just can't imagine what goes through the mind of those families or even those peoples who were there in the midst of that situation. Like it's people right now who are probably thinking, am I going to get on the subway tomorrow? Or every time they do get on the subway moving forward, that traumatic event for those that were there, it's like, yikes. There are kids who take subways to school, to and from, to and from work, to and from friends' houses, to and from sporting events, just thinking of times that I've been in New York. Like this is a connecting place of how they get from point A to point B most times. A lot of people, in a sense, who use public transportation. Um, And it just sucks that that's how life is for some people. And as I try to connect that, I guess, a little bit to Holy Week, that's how Judas was. I don't know what Judas had going on, but Judas was in a dark place where his only solution was to turn on the savior of the world. And till this day, that's still mind boggling to me. And I think it was even mind boggling to him. And I think that's why he was sitting in that spot of, hey, how can I make it up to you? Let me no, don't do it anymore. And um, it's just crazy. But that's what I got. That's what I'm expounding on. And I guess I'll close out, not close out, but I got another thing that's found out before we give you our recommends, um, only because I saw the homie Jackie Hill Perry post it the other day. But she said, I have a confession. This was on her Twitter. I have a confession. I was today years old when I learned that Hosanna isn't another name for God, but a plea for God to save. The Hebrew words, Yesha, which means deliver and save, and Anna, beg or besesh, combine to form the word that in English is Hosanna. Literally, Hosanna means I beg you to save or please deliver us. I don't know if that's new to you or if that's new to somebody who you're listening with, but it was new to Jackie Hill Perry. It was kind of not new to me only because I would say my dad is probably a theologian. Um, So it was just interesting to see that not everybody knew that. But that's what I got for y'all as far as my expounding. Sharika, Sabrina, what are y'all recommending for the people? Well, it was new to me in the sense of taking after Kirk's song, Hosanna, we worship you. I thought it was a, a worship to the Lord. That's what I thought Hosanna meant. I am thankful that ED brought up uh, the true meaning of Hosanna because I briefly mentioned how I in my adulthood have gotten more and more interested in the Hebraic roots of my Christian faith. And that just goes into my recommend for today because my recommend is a podcast called Torah Talk, T-O-R-A-H, Torah Talk. And this is a podcast that is just about the intersection of the mundane and the miraculous. I love this podcast, you guys, the more that I've like listened to Torah studies and et cetera, just the more it's like, I've always had this faith, but I feel like it's been in black and white. And the more I learn about the Hebraic roots and the, uh, the original language that the Bible was written in, written in, it's like my faith went from black and white to color. That's the only way I can describe it. And they have a really good episode called patterns of Passover. I believe it's the episode four this week. And they just talk about how the Passover and is connected so much to this season where we celebrate Jesus' resurrection. So if you're interested in that, if you're a little bit curious, it is worth the listen. Torah Talk, and specifically their episode, Patterns of Passover, Forgotten by the Church. EB, what are you recommending today? I am recommending a movie that many of you probably have already seen, but as we think about Holy Week, um, just something simple. Um, Maybe you're like, EB, I'm not going to watch another movie or nope, that movie does a little too much for me, but it's it's a movie that I think a lot of people have seen, but it's The Passion of Christ. Um, I just think it's, I don't know, it's one of those, and I say few, um, just because you would have to shoot me a little more, but we as a body of believers, um, we have to do better with movies that depict anything within scripture with great quality. Sometimes we, I won't even say compete, but we care a lot about what other companies and other filmmakers are doing with their funds and their resources. And I'm the one to say, yeah, you know that big building you got that you call a church? Invest it in something else. People can meet in all types of spaces 
And I think we've seen that, especially throughout the pandemic. But I think the Passion of the Christ is one of those few that did a great job of depicting, and I say great as in film production-wise, um, depicting the story um, of Jesus. Didn't really get his likeness all the way there, um, but that's another story for another day. Um, we know where he's from. Well, I hope y'all know where he's from. If y'all don't, read your Bible. I can recommend that for you too. Sharika, what you got for the people? I'm going to take a recommend, well, not a recommendation. I'm going to take uh, one of Sabrina's uh, traditions and make it one of something that I do this season. And I'm going to recommend it to you. I did have another recommend, but you guys are all going Holy Week and I'm going to join the Holy Week bandwagon. Go watch um, The Prince of Egypt. I haven't seen that movie in a quite a many years. And I do remember it being a great time. So I'm excited to check that out this season. So I'm, in, I'm recommending that you guys do as well. And EB, I know this is trash, but I have never seen The Passion. I um, I always feel, I, I'm, I just, it looks so sad. And I'm just like, I don't, what I read in the Bible was sad enough. I don't want to see my Lord. And it's, I know that man is not my Lord. I know that is an actor, but I just, I'm like, I don't want the, I don't want to experience that visually, but there, that is something that I think maybe one day I might try, but it's never been something that I've been really interested in seeing. But so that is my confession to that tonight on our podcast that I have never seen the Passion of Christ. Hey, nothing wrong with that. I know it's not for everybody. I know what certain um, images can do, especially when they're in vivid form such as that. So it's not a. Uh, I would say it's not a. It's not a mandate. Um, but I just, you know, that's what I'm recommending to the people. Any other closing thoughts y'all got for people as we talk, um, Justice Brown Jackson or Easter or anything? Y'all good? I think I'm excited to watch those movies again, too. Uh, the passion is so sad, but it's just one of those things I, I watch every couple of years. I got to give myself space. But the Prince of Egypt, I get so excited at the end when they're walking away and they've been delivered. And then you flash forward to the New Testament and even now thinking about how God delivers us every day from our sinful nature is beautiful. So dive in, friends. Well, as always, and I know sometimes I try to mix it up. And today is one of those days that I am going to mix it up with just somebody who I think is I should have recommended him. And even though he ain't got much to do with Holy Week, but he's probably one of the funniest people that I think I know. And I say, no, I don't know him personally, um, just because, of course, he's no longer here. But I am talking about the great Muhammad Ali. This man has so many different punchlines. And I'm sitting here looking at some of them right now. And I'm like, I don't know which one to say because of how funny this man was. Like one of them that I'm reading right now, this like, man said, I am the astronaut of boxing. Some of y'all won't get it, but he said, I am the astronaut of boxing. Joe Lewis and Dipsy were just jet pilots. I'm in a world of my own. Like, do you understand that type of confidence? The names he used were other um, boxers. And then, you know, I hated every minute of training, but I said, don't quit. Suffer now and live the rest of your life as a champion. I shook up the world. If they can make penicillin out of moldy bread, they can sure make something out of you. Like, you know how disrespectful that is for somebody to say that when you get ready to fight them. He who is not courageous enough to take risk will accomplish nothing in life. And this person is scared of risk. That's why he don't want to get in the ring with me. He won't make nothing out of life. Or I'm so mean, I make medicine sick. Now, granted, he has a cadence that is so different and better than mine. But I'm going to hit y'all with one quote as we think about Holy Week again. And we think about what Jesus came to do on this earth. And this is probably one of my favorite quotes from Muhammad Ali. Service to others is the rent you pay for your room here on earth. So as you continue to go throughout life, don't be selfish with the time that you have. I'm not saying, well, maybe you want to serve everybody. You can do whatever you want, really. But just find a way to make sure you serve people because that is what our Savior Jesus came and did for us. As always, if life tries to knock you down, make sure you kick back. 